Sandman Stories presents From the Korean Folk Tales and Fairy Tales by W.E. Griffiths The Sneezing Colossus Now this story is about Mr. Kim, who is very, very lazy, and one day he has to bring home some food, and going up into the mountains he meets the Buddha, but he's not sure how to get the fruit from the Buddha. Okay, let's begin. The Sneezing Colossus Mr. Kim, who lived at the foot of the mountains, was a lazy lout. He had a family to support, but he did not like steady work. He preferred to smoke his pipe as long as a yardstick and to wait for something to turn up. One day, his wife, tired of trying to feed hungry children from empty dishes, gave her husband a good scolding and bade him be gone and get something for the household. This consisted of father, mother, and four little folks, whose faces were not often washed, besides the little dog. This puppy, when danger was near, always ran into the house through a little square hole cut in the door, and when safely within, barked lustily. So Mr. Kim went out to the mountains to find something, a root of ginseng, a nugget of gold, or some precious stone perhaps, if he were lucky. If not, some berries, wild grapes, or pears might do. Meanwhile at home, his wife pounded the grain that was left in the larder for the children's dinner. Mr. Kim rambled over the rocks a long time without seeing anything worth carrying away. When it was about noon, he came to one of the mighty mireks, or colossal stone Buddhas, cut out of a solid mountain. It rose in the air many yards high. Ages ago, in the days of Buddhism, when monasteries covered the land and Buddhist friars and nuns chanted Sanskrit hymns to the praise of Lord Buddha, devout men, laboring many months, chiseled this towering colossus into human form. Its nose stood out three feet, its mouth was four feet wide, on its flat head was a cap made of a slab of granite and shaped like a student's motorboard on which ten men could stand without crowding one another. Long gone and forgotten were the monks, and the monastery had fallen to ruins. The forest had grown up around the great stone image, until it was nearly hidden by the tall trees surrounding it. In front, from the ground up, the wild grapevines had gripped the stone with their tendrils and spread their matted branches and greenery until they nearly covered the image up to its neck. But out of a crevice in the head of the figure grew a pear tree, sprung from the seed dropped long ago by the great-grandfather of one of the birds singing and chirping nearby. And oh, joy! At the end of the outer branch was growing a ripe, luscious pear nearly as big as a man's head. What a prize! It would, when cut up, make a dessert for the whole family. Happy Kim, he blessed his lucky star. Seizing hold of the bushes and wild grape vines, by dint of great effort, Mr. Kim climbed upward and got as far as the chin of the great stone face. Above him protruded the big nose, the nostrils of which gaped like caverns. Yet although he was standing with his foot on the stone lips and holding on to the nose, despite all his exertions, he could get no further up the granite face. He was at his wit's end. Far above hung the delicious-looking pear as if to tantalize him. 
A gentle breeze was swaying the fruit to and fro, and it seemed to say, Take me if you can. But the nose being polished was slippery, and the ears were too smooth to climb. What could he take hold of? Surely to shin up any further was impossible. Must he give up the pear? A bright thought entered his head. He would crawl up into the right nostril and hope for an exit to the top. So thinking he might find his way, he began like an insect to enter the hole and soon the man Kim disappeared from sight. As with hands and feet, he climbed into the darkness. Wasn't it dangerous to tickle the nostrils of the great stone man in this way? But whatever Kim may have thought, he kept on, determined to get that pair, come what might. Suddenly, a blast loud enough to rend the mountain was heard. Hasho! Had an earthquake or a tempest taken place? Was this rolling thunder? No, the Colossus had sneezed. Thus, the stone man got rid of the intruder. The first thing Mr. Kim knew, he was flying through the air, and he tumbled upon the bushes. His wits were gone. He knew nothing. This was about one o'clock in the afternoon. Mr. Kim lay asleep or unconscious till near sundown. Then he woke up and realized what had happened. There was the stone nose beetling over him far up toward the sky. But in sneezing so hard, the Colossus had shaken its head also, and the big pear had dropped off. Kim found it laying by his side, and picking it up, went on his way rejoicing. At home the little dog, looking through the square hole, saw him, barked welcome, and a right merry supper they had over the big pear cut into slices. As Mr. Kim told the story of his adventures. The End So I like this story. It was a cute kind of story of a man going out to find some food and by luck he tickles a stone boodle that magically turns human and sneezes him out. I thought that was pretty awesome. Okay, this week's podcast shout out is The Endless Knot hosted by Mark and Avon and they go through and take a theme such as colors or calendars, and they run through the etymology of the words related to it, and then they take a deep dive into what was happening in Rome or in Byzantium or in England at the time, and Avon really runs through the classics and gives a lot of back history on what was happening. And they have a lovely discussion, and they enjoy a themed cocktail. And if you like linguistics, if you like etymology, this is an awesome podcast. So if you like them as much as I do, go give them a five-star rating on Podchaser or on iTunes. And definitely go like and subscribe to them, because they bring some awesome knowledge into the world. And this week's listener shout-out is for Ann Arbor, Michigan. You are 67% of my listeners from Michigan, and you're also my hometown. So thank you very much, and I love you. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>